I'm your host, and we've got a very exciting part two to the long-waited-for one safe, always safe. <laughs> got Joseph with us, who uh, was part He's of the series, that one that we did. We've got Delphia. Delphia's back, and she's here in the top corner. And we've also got Pastor Max, who's making his second guest appearance on this podcast. Hello, Pastor Max. Welcome. Hello. Thank you, Jason. Good nice we like you, that's why. Sorry? We like him, that's why. Yeah, he's good. But only twice. Only twice. <laughs> only twice. <laughs> only twice. <laughs> we always have a good time when we discuss the issues, you know, spiritual issues with Pastor Max. And today, it's a very deep spiritual discussion for those people who are who watched the last series. It was it was pretty pretty hot, wasn't it? Firebrand. Today is going to even be hotter because we're going to go more in depth into looking at justification, um, sanctification, and glorification as well. What do these things all mean? Um, the last time we played a video, and that video sort of gave us a, a basic definition of these things, and I think it was really good. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna dig deep into it. We're gonna use some Bible verses as well, some Bible texts to get into this explanation, and we're gonna try and. I know this issue once and for all. What do you say, team? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. First of all, we start with the idea of um, justification. Um, what is it? Maybe we should um, get that definition up again, Joseph. What do you think? Okay. Uh, let me find it. Um, so de definition of sanctification. Uh, we'd start with justification. Uh, there were some things that we, uh, we you know, didn't really agree with and some things that, you know, we actually, uh, uh, when it came to sanctification, I thought it was pretty good definition, but, uh, and, and glorification as well. I mean, there are some terms that you, these are some terms that you will find in the Bible and, you know, the concepts are pretty much well nailed down. So um, we're just going to look into that. Um, but before we do that, Let's see if we can get that video up and um, and see the definition there as well. Okay, so do you want me to um, go ahead and play that video now? Yeah, if you can okay. go ahead and play that video now. Awesome. Okay, everyone can see my screen. Yep. Awesome. And saved, or is it just his own opinion? So salvation based off of what you think you are because- I can't judge whether the person's saved, but I would be very, very concerned about that person. I've heard two arguments over the years. The first of which is uh, you cannot lose your salvation right. or the once saved, always saved. And the second one is salvation is something that must be maintained or something you can lose. Right. Um, an argument I've heard for the first one is there's a verse that says no one can take you from the palm of my hand. And one of the many arguments I've heard for the second one is the parable of the talents. Um, so my question is, what do you believe and what is your greatest defeating argument? I think the parable of the talents is talking about the um, 
it's talking about judgment based on the gifts that God has given you. I don't think it's talking about whether or not someone's saved. Um, Because in the end, it says that they go to the person who gave them the talents in the end, and he says, um, depart from me, I never knew thee. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying, that that aspect of it. We'd ha- I'd have to go back, that's Luke 12? Uh, I, I don't All right. know enough. I'd have to go back and look at that. That is interesting, though, but at the end, what Jesus does in the judgment is he takes a talent from the guy who did nothing with it, and he gives it to the guy who did more with it and actually doubled his talent. And so he takes from the least and gives to the guy who had more. This is the opposite of what's called equity. This is called justice, right? He's giving it to the one who worked because this guy didn't work. So it has to do with justice and judgment. But I don't, I don't know if the parable of the talents has much to do with whether or not you're saved. Uh, I personally think once saved, always saved, but I realize Christians disagree with that. And one of the reasons I think once saved, always saved is when Jesus says in John 5, 24, he says, he who believes is passed from death into life. In other words, you get eternal life when you believe. You don't get eternal life when you die. If you get eternal life when you believe and it's eternal, by definition, you can't lose it. Now, what you can do is you can lose your sanctification because see, there's two aspects of this. There's justification which happens immediately as soon as you believe. And then there's sanctification, which is an ongoing process where hopefully you're becoming more like Jesus. This sanctification thing can go up and down, but once you're justified, you're justified. And what you, can't, what you don't gain by moral effort, you can't lose by moral ineptitude. Can I ask another question? Go ahead, yeah. Um, Was there? I do know and then, uh, yes. Yeah, so he gave the two definitions there justification and sanctification right based on his definition what are your thoughts uh and can we go a little bit deeper into justification there mm. yeah i think um i don't know I, it came across as him disagreeing with himself mm. i don't know what you guys felt when you watched that um for me you know we know the term justification or justified is a legal term because we know paul use it in a legal sense and we know that you know here we have, we get the in the bible we get painted a picture of the courtroom in heaven mm-hmm. and you know going before the, the throne of god and and here's jesus you know justifying his people and why is he justifying his people because they have done something wrong and he's saying hey look they don't deserve the punishment so then take me as punishment i will justify them and bring them back, you know. So, so, and and I don't. And I, so, I think for us, like, I mean, I'm looking at this. This, you know, like the legal term is justification is a sufficient or acceptable excuse or, or explanation made in court for an act that was otherwise unlawful. Right. An act. You know what we've done. So, unlawful. what's unlawful? Yeah. Otherwise unlawful. All right. What is unlawful? What what has been, what what is what is unlawful? Yeah, let's let's just stick a pin in there in a justification explanation there because now we're talking about legal terms and and unlawful. That means that there has to be a law involved in this whole process, right? Mm. So what law are we talking about here? Mm. Ten commandments. Yeah. 
Ten Commandments. Yeah. Does the Ten Commandments have anything to do with salvation? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Why do you say that? <laughs> oh, well, uh, the Ten Commandments uh, is eternal. That's what I believe. Yeah. I don't think uh, it was done away with, and I think it still applies to us today. And the purpose of that is um, it shows us that we are sinful and that we are not perfect and that when, and it's not for the Israelites only, um, and that when we break God's law, which are the Ten Commandments, not the other uh, 500 plus laws that are mentioned in Exodus and Leviticus, um, yeah, is that when we do break these uh, laws of God, I think there's also another definition, um, uh, other definitions of sin, um, when, when we know it's a wrong thing in action, and I'm sure that, Jason, you have Bible verses for that. We've talked about this in the other podcasts before. But just focusing on the Ten Commandments, that um, we acknowledge that uh, we have sinned once uh, we look at the mirror of the Ten Commandments, yeah. but we don't use that to uh, justify ourselves. So that, that sin is that transgression of the, the Ten Commandments, right? That's, that's what you're saying. And so the, to be justified is to be free from that law or to be, um, you know, made right in a way from that law. Um, so, I mean, how can we really be free from the Ten Commandments? You know what I mean? Like, uh, is it something that um, the Bible talks about, you know, being, 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 being set free from the Ten Commandments? Is that a no. term that we get, you know? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, do we want to be set free from the Ten Commandments? Okay, mm. I think you've got to go and step back and be like, okay, if the Ten Commandments was taken away, what would that do? Yeah. That means that a lot of the time we go and we're like, oh, it's fine to do this. And we'll only look at one part of the Ten Commandments. It's just like, yeah, that can be done away with. No worries. But then it's just like, okay, so can I go out around and just like start killing people because it's no longer in the ten commandments mm -hmm. and everyone goes no, no 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 you can't kill no 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 you can't commit adultery no no, no you can't steal you know no, no you can't do this then the other but then it comes to other parts it's like no 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 you don't need to worry about that but then being freed from it yeah that is totally contrary to what the biblical picture is of the law if you look at James, I believe it's in chapter two, he says that this is the law of liberty. Right. Why would you want to be freed from freedom? Right. That's basically what he's saying. Like, this is the law of freedom. And what you're just saying is like, you know, we want to be freed from that law. But if we know what the law is in the absolute meaning of the law and what the law truly is, it is no longer a bondage. It is no longer anything like that. It's freedom for us. So, so it's not free from the Ten Commandments themselves. It's so free from the uh, the punishment that comes with transgressing those commandments. Is that what you're saying then? So because the commandments yeah. are there to, to lead us to freedom. Um, and so when we transgress them, then we become in bondage. Yes. So now being justified is setting us free from that bondage from transgressing those commandments. Yes. Yeah. It's like one way you could look at it is with the laws of a country or a nation or a state, whatever. If I, I know that 
speeding is one of the ones that a lot of people use to go and demonstrate this. Okay. Is it the law's fault that I'm now being charged for speeding? No, it is not. It is my fault for not adhering to the law. Because of the law, yes, I do have to pay a fine, whatever. The law is not what is, is not the punishment. The law is what has gone and said, you've done something wrong. The fine is what is the bondage for me. Yeah. It is not the law. The law, if I obeyed the law, I'm perfectly fine. Mm. I'm perfectly free. I'm perfectly happy. When I transgress that law, however, now there's a punishment involved. Now there is a burden. There's all these different things. So it's almost like we take the disobedience to the law and say the disobedience to the law was caused because of the law instead of I'm the one at fault for disobeying the law and it's not the law's fault. I disrespected the law. I agree. Mm. I agree. That's a good point. I agree mm. with um, Delphia's um, point there. And I want to just quickly paint a picture, an analogy, because I think when people think, oh, there's a law, that a law... Uh, straight away, our minds go, oh, it's a burden. Oh, you have another law, another burden. Oh, you've got 10 laws, another burden. You've got 500 plus laws, that's more burdens. How can you say we're free when we have all these burdens among us, uh, upon us? So um, I'd like to paint the picture of, let's look all the way back to day one, Genesis. Okay. God said, look, all these trees that you can eat, except this one. Like the Ten Commandments was... You'd think, oh, Ten Commandments was at Mount Sinai and Israelites. No, it was already back in the Garden of Eden. And God only needed to put that one rule in place uh, because the other rules were already acknowledged and being adhered to. So we look at it, we, we look at that one thing as a burden, but actually God has given all these trees you may eat except this one. Yeah. But we look at it, we look at it, oh no, it's a burden. But yeah, we have to focus. Look, you've got all this freedom, but we want to only focus on these things. Okay. Yeah, I, I, like, I like those two analogies. You wanted to say something, Pastor Mike? Mm. No, I was just going to say that um, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Like what you say is that you're only under the law if you break the law. Mm. Okay. You know, and, and, and so... You know, there is, I like what you say, Delphia, there's liberty within the, the, the law because you are free to do whatever you want in the boundaries of the law. So there's, so we focus on, so we, we don't focus on the positivity of that, right? The same thing with what you said about the, the garden, you know. Um, God says, I'm doing all of this for you to make you happy. And don't eat of this, you know, like it won't make me happy if you do this but I'm giving you all of this to make me happy and to make you happy, right? But because self, then we look at towards self and go, if I go and do this, that will make me happy. Disregard, so we focus on one little thing, but we miss out on the 99. Yeah. <laughs> like the abundant gifts and joy, that, but yet we focus on, we zoom in into this, oh, I really want this. I really want this. And then we try to justify why. Yeah. You know, where God says, oh, like you said, when you break the speeding, when you break speeding, the speed limit, yeah. we, we try to justify it, but there's no justification. But God can say, hey, they sinned against you, God, Father. But you know what? Forgive them. Because 
through me, they can be back in that family. Yeah. You know, don't look at what they are now, but look what they can become. And so he's justifying our actions through him. And and so, but we so often we try to justify our actions oh, because no. we we don't want a true Joseph. We don't want to be burdened. We don't want to be under the law. Mm. But we're, we're we're not under the law. The laws we're not under the force of the law if we stay within the realm. And your question, Jason, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first commandment says, "You shall not have other gods before me." That's an internal command. Make a choice. Choose who you're going to serve: God, me, or something else. Yeah. The last commandment, number ten. You shall not covet. It's internal. You know, so at the, the start is, is internal. The beginning at, at, at the end is internal. So now, so it becomes a personal choice. Now, in between that, if we choose to internally follow God, we're going to naturally not do the, the rest. We're not going to kill. We're not going to steal. We're not going to, you know, covet. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it's a choice and we've got to look at it from the angle of, hey, look, who do we choose? Yeah. And, and yeah, who do we serve? Like, All right. You know? yeah. it's quite, it seems so simple. I don't know. But sometimes it's hard to explain something so simple. No, no, I, I, like, I like the way you put it there because, you know, when you, when you put all of these things together, like, you know, for example, the picture that, you know, Delphia showed there of the law and, and the liberty that comes with staying within the law, you know, you're not breaking the speed limit. You, you don't, you don't end up with a fine. Um, and what Joseph says that we look at the, the negative one small thing that, that is there for our protection. We see that as something that's hindering our freedom when it's really there for our protection. And then at the end, you, you talked about justifying ourselves, how when we break the law, we try to find excuses or reasons why we actually ended up breaking that law. Same with Adam and Eve, that they ended up breaking the law and they ended up finding different reasons or excuses why you know like when you get pulled over by a policeman for speeding uh-uh, what's going on here then you know people automatically try to find an excuse for the reason why they're speeding but the truth is right uh we're all guilty uh at some point in our lives of breaking that law uh the law of god uh the ten commandments so does that mean that and and we can try and justify ourselves as much as possible but really ultimately we are all still under the condemnation of the law unless we have been justified by God because ultimately it's his law, you know? Uh, if, we, if we break the, legal, the law here, we've got to appeal to the legal system here uh, where we are to be able to find that peace and to be able to find that you know, justification. So now it comes to Christ. So we are justified by our faith in Christ. So how does that work? You know, how does that... How does our faith in Christ now save us from us breaking the law? You know, how, how would you explain this, this part of salvation? We put our faith in Christ, and that faith in Christ now saves us from what we have been doing, like, all of our lives. How would you explain mm -hmm. that? Good question. <laughs> what do you think good about question. it? And, and, no, no, and, 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 and as I said, it's a good question, Jason, because... It, it, that is the next step mm. of going forward. Yeah. See, when 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 the Israelites were led out of Egypt into in, and they were their backs were with against the Red Sea, and yeah. they had the desert in front of them, and the, the pharaohs met, picked, um, were chasing wow. them. 
God parts the water and God says to Moses, tell my people to go forward. Yeah. But they have a choice. They can either go forward or they can stay where they are. But that's going to have faith, right? Faith in action. Because faith without action, they would have stayed where they are. They would have been caught by the Pharaoh's men and they would have been killed. Yeah. Faith in action tells them, go forward. So they take a step forward and step forward and step forward to the next one. Mm-hmm. When, the, when, when they were going to, by the banks of Jordan, you know, they, the, 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 the priests had to get their feet wet in faith that God will part the waters for them. Yeah. How often are we willing to get, test our faith and get that wet for the waters to part? Often we want the waters parted first Before. and then we still decide, do I go, don't I go? Is this what God wants me to do or not? Mm. You know, but it is not until we put it into action. You know what? I prayed about it. It's like, I'll give you an example, Jason, and sorry to ramble on. But when I finished college, you know, I wasn't called in. I, I didn't get picked up by a conference, right? So we came, we decided to come back in, in WA. We left all our stuff in New South Wales. And we said, we'll pray about it. and We'll go where God sent I got called, uh, sorry, uh, um, Terry Johnson. And I said to Terry, hey, you know, and, and he came, he came and we, we had a chat and he says, I've got a, a position to come up in Newman. Go home and talk about it with your wife. I said, what for? He's like, oh, I'll see what she says. I said, well, we've been praying about this. Who are we to say that that's not answered to our prayers? Mm. And then he rang and, and so I said, we'll take, we'll go. Because that's, that's answers to prayer because people have been praying for us. He rings me. That was Friday. Sunday, he rings me and goes, so what did your wife say? The same thing I told you on Friday. Mm. This is an answer to prayer. Nothing's changed because we prayed about it. Answer to prayer. So faith has to be put into action. Right. And when God answers, it may not be to our liking, but that's put into action. We now got to go forward. Mm. You know, yeah, sorry, Joseph. Yeah. Oh, no, that's all right. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. That's a big part of it. It's faith. Faith is a part of that, that journey, isn't it? Yeah, go ahead, Joseph. Mm. Um, well, I wanted just to answer that your question directly with a Bible verse um, mm. about um, faith and saving. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, uh, New King James Version. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. What is the gift of God? Uh Grace. Grace is the gift of God. Okay. Nice. I like that. Um, and I like that, like that story you shared there as well, you know, Max. It's it's about t- beginning the journey now. So you prayed for the you prayed for the miracle. Okay, I'm stuck in this this dead-end life of sinning and and feeling guilty and feeling sorry for myself. If there was only a way that I could be saved from the, you know, the, the turmoil of sin and guilt, um, Lord, help me. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes as a miracle, you know, it's the gift of God, it's grace, right? Um, and um, Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to bear all of your sins. Uh, he's, he lives a perfect life and um, he never sinned. And he now says, I'm going to give you that perfect life to take. Mm. That, that, that's my own um, definition of justification. There. He says, 
I've lived this perfect life. I've yeah. died for you, you know, in your stead. You don't have to die because the wages of sin is death, right? So you're meant to die. So he says, you don't have to die. Now you can take my perfect life as your life. You can take my death that mm. you were supposed to die and you can, mm. you can live my life. Mm. It does need faith, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have a choice now. What do we do? Uh, uh, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Jason. And I look at and I reminded as you're talking, I reminded this, you know, like we talk about Genesis at the very beginning and how when Adam and Eve sin, they put fig leaves on for themselves, trying to justify their sin. Yeah. You know, trying to cover up their sin, trying to justify their sin themselves, right? Yeah. But then God comes along and says, hey, it is not sufficient until it come, that justification comes from me. So, yes, it is imparted to us from God, yeah. but it's also imputed to us because the, the fig leaves has to be removed, has to be amputated from our, our body. All right. So, so the sin you use a couple of big words has to be there, amputated, you know? our justification, you know? You use a couple of big words there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, which one? Imparted, I can spell. My, my, hey, Jason, you know my sayings. You, you can, look, imparted is something that's been given from outside of ourselves. Okay, from outside, yeah. So we, imputed, we imputed, in from outside. We don't do anything. No. Okay. Yeah. But imputed is it's 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 like the opposite to amputation. So when you when you amputate something's cut off. Yeah. And then to replace that arm that's cut off, God says, "I'm going to give you another arm, impute a new arm to replace that arm that I've cut off." Does that make sense? So so God says, "Hey, I'm going to in." impute or amputate those fig leaves from your body now and in place of those fig leaves which is your own justification i'm gonna impute the dead at this this covering that i've given you this made by an animal take the the imputation of this animal this justification as a sign as a gift of grace for you and because of that now when we look at what joseph read for by grace you are saved through faith not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So God says, even though you did the wrong thing, I've justified you, and I'm going to give you this free gift, and it's not from you. You can't save yourself. God is actually in that scene, God says you can't save yourself with the fig leaves. Like the fig leaves mean nothing. Like you can't save yourself. So it's a gift that I'm giving you to put on you right now, and because it comes from me, you are saved. It is a gift from God. Oh, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I like it. I, I love it, actually. Sorry, I was pre I went into uh, a shout. <laughs> it's, very, it's, very graphic. it's very graphic, actually, because uh, when you look at it, man was, he was created, he was perfect, he was naked, he was not ashamed. All of a sudden he sinned, and then he became ashamed. Yes. But now he has to cover that nakedness, that shame. But God says, well, you've tried to cover it with your own means, your own ways, and that's insufficient. Uh, in the eyes of God, you know, it's insufficient. So let me give you a covering. And so that lamb had to die so that they could find a covering for him now. But in order to have that covering, a new lamb covering, he had to get rid of the fig leaves, which means he had to go through a process of nakedness to experience that true covering. And so, um, yeah, I like, I like it, the experience. And I think as well, now you've got this new covering, you're going into the realms of sanctification now because you've got to continue to wear that covering. 
Uh, um, I think Joseph's got his hand up. Yeah. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, um, trying to put my, my, myself in the perspective of the viewer, viewers and listeners watching right now. And part of it sounds like, okay, we are work orientated. We must work, work, work so we can get to heaven. But now we've touched a little bit on faith and grace. So uh, the question that I have here is what's the percentage? Is it 90% work, 10% faith? Is it 60, 40, 70, 30? Well, what is it? What's the percentage? <laughs> 100%, 100%, 100%, Joseph, 100%. 100% faith and then 100% works? Is it 50% faith, 50% works, 70% works, 30% faith and grace? What's the percentage? I think it's, I think it's 100% faith hey, in the work of to, God. 100% <laughs> faith in the work of God. Because it's God that's working out this, uh, this, this miracle. We, what, what we have to do is like just have faith at every step of the way. Um, going back to the Adam and Eve thing, they had to have faith that this lamb covering was actually better than their fig leaf. The fig leaf was plant-based. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's plant-based. Hey, it was, wrong with it was probably thing, economical. It was probably economical. <laughs> it was probably what they call it now, um, good for the environment, you know. Um, whereas, you know, killing the lamb was, <laughs> the vegans wouldn't like it. <laughs> You're upsetting the vegans there. Um, lamb had to die, you know. Um, that probably didn't look like the best solution. So they had to have faith that this was the best covering for them, you know. And that faith was not just the faith in the covering, but it's the faith in the lamb of God that was going to later on die um, for their sins. So do we have a flat answer to that question? Yeah, I think uh, for, for me, Joseph, I think it's 0% on our behalf. Yeah, like it's a, like I agree. I think it's hundred percent faith. Like works is the result of our faith in God. Mm -hmm. So what happens on the inside is reflected on the outside yeah. because of our belief. Our, our belief that God has done everything for us, we then reflected out outwardly. So we become kinder to somebody else. Yeah, I think I think we, we become. You know, a helper we, we we're more willing to help so i think if nothing i don't think it's a percentage to say oh it's 50 percent us 50 percent god and i believe it's 100 percent god and our 100 that 100 is our 100 in faith in him yeah and through him we reflect his image to others yeah through the works in the whole in the whole work of justification it is 100 you know in what god um, is done to justify us, not of all work. It says that Amen. no man can boast. You got nothing Amen. to boast about because we mm. didn't add anything to his life. We didn't add anything to his mm. gift. And um, we will never be able to add anything to that. That's a perfect offering, perfect sacrifice that he places on our account. Delphia, mm. how do you end up? Um, yeah, just one thing that I wanted to mention, which goes along with what Pastor Max was saying, is it's the faith that gets us to move. Mm -hmm. It's the warning that there's a tsunami coming. And if there is a tsunami coming, you better move to higher ground. So we've been told, hey, you're in sin. And, you know, the wages of sin is death. Here is the alternative. Are you going to do something about it? Mm -hmm. If you have faith, 
that indeed the wedges of sin is death, that the tsunami is coming, you're going to go and get your tail onto higher ground. Like you're not going to just dawdle along. So it's 100% faith Mm-mm. in believing the message and it's 100% God's um, emergency plan that, hey, you know, you're going to be dead in like, a few hours if you don't move when the tsunami comes yeah like you're right in the way of it so if mm. you move you're safe yeah so it's the faith that moves to action yeah and when you help someone else a lot of the time people say you know i wasn't a hero in it and i think this is the same thing we when christ has saved us and we have this um we worked towards it it wasn't that we did anything. It was either that was a smart thing to do or is what anyone would do in that situation. So we're told move, we move. It's not questioned that, oh, you won't put work into it. Oh, like, oh, you must be so proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. No, thank God that that happened. Otherwise I'd be standing here dead you know that's that's what he's saying to us yeah. it's not of works it's all of faith yeah. but there are works involved mm. what there are works mean? involved yeah, let's 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 <laughs> joseph is like oh i, I thought you said it was 100 faith like, i thought you said it was 100 faith let's talk about sanctification right because um um is a frank he talked about justification and then he says sanctification is is an up and down process you know um, what do we do then now that we believe that Jesus Christ uh, has died on our behalf? He has um, lived the perfect life. He now offers us that perfect life for us to take on unto ourselves. We now believe that he has done this for us and we receive that perfect life. As a result, in the books of heaven, we are considered to be perfect, even though we know that we've got a history that, you know, is probably as checkered as uh a Dalmatian puppy. What do we do then? You know, do we say, oh, well, you know, I still got this history. That's all gone, right? And there's one verse I wanted to read in um, in Acts chapter 13 before we moved on there. It says, by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. So the law of Moses, it couldn't justify, it couldn't set right anyone. The Ten Commandments couldn't, cannot make you perfect. It's just a mirror, right? That shows you where you sin and it leads you to Christ who you can find that now. Now that you've found Christ and you've been set right, you've been justified. Now what? How do we con- carry on? You know, now we're perfect. What do we do next? That's the what question. Does that, what does that mean? Um, faith without works is dead. <laughs> right, that's a good question. Because now that we've found the faith in Christ, mm. what do we do? We have to do the works, right? We have mm. to do the works of Christ. So what does he call us to do, you know, um, in terms of uh, living a Christian life? How do we live a Christian life? I've never lived a Christian life before. All I've lived is a, is a faulty, messed up life. Now that he's put his life uh, to my account, now I've got to go and live a perfect life. But I've never done that before. So what's going to happen? You might fall, right? More than likely, we're going to fall. We're going to fail. Do we then give up? Or what do we do then, you know? I think the common man uh, says, oh, that's what makes us human. 
That's what makes like, us human. That, that's what the common man says, whether they believe or not. They're like, I'm human. What can you expect? Okay. All right. And so you just keep falling and you repent and you fall and you repent. But is that, is that, is that the process of sanctification? Like, you know, in terms uh, of... Yeah. I think, Joseph, I think you're right to a degree. Like, yes, you know what? It's, I'm human. I make mistakes, right? Um, and I think if we look at Adam and Eve, they, they did the exact same thing. Because in their worldview, they lived in a world where nothing died. So when they, when they took the fig leaf from the tree, they thought, well, this is going to live forever because it's, um, we've never seen a dead leaf, right? So, so then when God comes along and says, no, that's, gonna, that's not good enough. They're like, oh, well, I'm human. You know, like, oh, okay, I'll, if you give it to me, I'll make a mistake. I'll, I'll, I'll take what you give me, right? The question for, for what I have is sanctified. Yeah. You know, it, it, like you said, I think to set right, to set apart. And if we, there's a lot to be learned from the Israelites. <laughs> um, to be sanctified, to be set apart. Sorry, I'll sneeze. Um, and and to, be, to be set apart for God's work. And we got to learn a lot from the Israelites. Yeah, they were. They were what in the book of Leviticus, he always reminded them who they were. Mm. You are holy because I am holy. You are mine. Sanctify yourself. Be you holy because I'm holy. I'm the Lord your God who brought you. So he reminds them of where they've been. He, he, he and then he tells them where they're going. Yeah, mm. can I read the definition? Um, um, the Lord your God who took you from the land of Egypt. Yep, go. Um, the what is the biblical meaning of sanctification? Sanctification, or in its verb form, sanctify, literally means to set apart for special use or purpose. And the Google definition from uh, Oxford Languages says uh, the action of making or declaring something holy. Making or declaring something holy so, so what happens what happens when we come to jesus then does he automatically because he's he's made us right and he's forgiven us from our sins and he's put his his account to ours we now have a beautiful holy account but is that is that is that does that mean that we're set aside now for holy use does that mean that we've been made holy for holy use do you know what i mean um in the moment straight yeah away? yeah would you would you agree to that until yes. you sin next. Well, that that. You, are you, <laughs> but are you talking about sanctification or justification? Sanctification here. We've now been. Um, we've now. You know, Jesus is now given us uh, new life. He's he's taken our old sinful life, and he's now. You know, he's now taking that to the cross. He's taking that to the grave. That old life is gone. Now we've got a newness of life, and he wants to set us apart for holy use. Now. So um, does that mean that we're now holy, you know, now that he's given us this? And um, I, I, well, think, I think we I, are. I think we, what you said there. Yeah. Go, go, Delphia. You got your hand up. Sorry. Okay. Um, what I was wanting to say is that all of WA is about to be in danger because this year I am getting my learners. 
So going back to um, the car example. Okay, for me now starting to drive, if I just go and grab my, um, the like driver's manual that I have to read before going in doing a test. If I grab that, jump in my car, get it going, and then just open it and put it on the steering wheel and expect the car to follow all those rules, it's not going to do anything for me. And people would think that I'm stupid. Okay. And this is like basically us. We're, you know, in a, um, in a journey, we're going somewhere. We've been given the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. And so we're on this road. If we just open that Bible up and expect it to go and do stuff for us, you know, Christ says, sanctify them through thy, uh, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Yeah. Okay. Then we could go, okay, this is, this is what we need. Okay. Awesome. I can open this up and I'll be, you know, going straight to heaven. No, 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 no. That will go and get you to bad places as well because you have to practically apply it. That truth has to go into you. It has to become a part of you. It needs to like take control of your mind. So now if I go and take that driving manual and now read it and learn from it and then be a safer driver, I've gone and done what the purpose of the manual is for. And now I can abide by road rules. Am I going to go and sometimes have an accident or speed Hopefully not, but you know, it's inevitable that we, (laughs) that a lot of us have accidents. So because of that, though, that is a sanctification process where we're having this up and down journey where some days we're going to do great. Other days we're not. Some days we're going to get a speeding fine and we're going to have to go to God and be like, hey, I stuffed up. Mm. can you please cover me with your grace and i'll try better wow and then having the instructor jesus christ teaching you how to go and drive properly and abide by these rules which he has set in place helps with that so now i'm not just getting in the car and endangering the whole of wa thankfully now i've gone and i've got someone who can help me yeah who's got brakes on his side just in case something happens and he needs to go and you know if anything happens hey you know i've got your back and now i can go forward knowing that no matter what i'm one doing my best and two i'm learning which means and i've got to remind myself about this a lot because i beat myself up a lot about things is i'm learning and just because i made mistakes doesn't necessarily mean to say that i'm a horrible person it's that i'm learning and i'm being sanctified i'm getting better Mm than on what I was yesterday. Mm. So um, that's that's a great way to put it, Delphia. And I think that sort of answers one of our first questions that we wanted to tackle in terms of sanctification. What does it mean? Sanctification it means sanctified. Is it a process or is it a one-time thing? And I think this makes it very clear, looking at that driving as an example, that once you pass your tests, you, you don't automatically become the perfect driver. You're not the perfect driver when you pass your tests. And every one of us can vouch for that in that when we really get on the road on our own without the instructor there, even now we don't have the manual on our hand, we've got the manual inside our head, we still make mistakes, you know, even when it comes to those road mm-hmm. rules, you know, mm-hmm. because you're new at this and you, right. you will make mistakes. So 
it is a process. Sanctification is a process. It may happen immediately when you're justified mm. that you are now being set aside for holy use. But occasionally when we make mistakes, we have to come back again and realize that our, our very purpose of our existence is to be, you know, as Christians, is to be used by God. This is the whole purpose of sanctification, is to be used by God. And uh, if at yeah. one point we find ourselves not being used by God, we have to come back again and think, all right, what, what, where am I going wrong here? How can I, you know, um, how can I find a remedy for this? Yeah, Joseph. Uh, simple question. Mm. But does that mean um, no matter what, how bad the sin is, any one person can come to God and be forgiven? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Even, even a murderer? Even mm. a murderer. Even yeah. a murderer. Wow. Even a liar? Um, no. No, not liars. Oh, why? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, there's only one sin that um, will not be forgiven. You know, just like the title of that video, the one person that's actually not allowed in church. <laughs> um, there's only one sin that, that will not be forgiven. And that's the sin that is, is, is unconfessed. The sin that, you know, um, uh, of, of uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Because then the Holy Spirit no longer prompts you to find repentance, no longer prompts you to come back to Christ. And so um, the process of sanctification is a growth where you, you will fall. You have to get up. You have to go back to Christ. You have to confess. You have to, you know, repent. And then that journey of being, you know, in a process of being set aside for holy use uh, begins again, you know. Um, and, and thankfully, this time you learn more yeah. and you grow more. So, yeah. Mm. So continuing on that train of thought, does that mean, okay, God is so forgiving, Um and he can forgive straight away no matter what the sin so does that so does that mean i can um go lie and then pray and then i'm forgiven and then woohoo i'm going to heaven and then i'll do it again and i'll just pray and and then i'll do that thing again in future knowing that i'll be forgiven is that all right mm, that that is presumptuous sinning isn't it presumptuous yeah. sinning. um and I think you know when 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 we look at one save always save that's something that we've got to we've got to definitely um, touch on because them, there's many Christians out there that think that because they've said that prayer and they've given their life to Jesus they can continue to do whatever they want um, and 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 just as long as they ask for forgiveness then it is totally okay. Well, I think Pastor Max had his he was going to say something first. No, no, I was. I think there's some good questions there, and that's what the you know what people would be asking. You know, can I um and you know whether I think the question from last podcast you guys had was you know does God save us in our sin or from our sin? Mm. You know, um I think at first we were in our sin, so He came and saved us because we were in sin, and then He wants us to save us from our sin, and that's why He says, "Come to Me." Mm -hmm. Um, I think. For us, you know, it all started him, you know, he, and he showed it from the, and then we go back, to, we always go back to a point of reference, right? A point of reference is always the Garden of Eden, because that's where, that's where it all began. And it showed, in order for you to have life, they have to do, they're going to have to go to the, eat from the tree of life each and every day, right? And, the, and, and so you have to go to him for life, 
And then when, and then he tried to teach that to the Israelites when they left Egypt. You want food? You want to be fed? Come to me. I will give you manna, and I will give you life each and every day. Why? Because when Joseph read the definition, had the the making of something holy, making. We have the makings of a Christian. Yeah. We have the makings of children of God. What does that mean? What is the making? The making is we have the characteristics of child of God. But how do we get those characteristics? Is to constantly come to him. Now, God will forgive if you keep coming to him because he knows if you're genuine or not. You yeah. would not come to him unless you wanted forgiveness. Whether it's presumptuous, whether it's premeditated, doesn't matter, right? Because you would not come to him unless you want you were seeking forgiveness. When you don't come for, to him for forgiveness, that's on you. you. That's your choice. You choose not to receive grace. You choose not to receive the gift of life because you chose not to come. To, I'm not good enough. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. It's not about you. It's about what God can do for you. You have all of us and all of us have the faith in Jesus. All of us have the makings of a child of God. All of us have the characteristics of a child of God, whether we want to continue to build a characteristics to be more like him so that when they see us, they see God. That they know we've been with God because our faith shines just as Moses, when he spent time with God, his faith shone. Wow. We don't have a makings of God if we don't spend time with God. Sure. You know, and you're right, Joseph. I think those questions are uh, uh, sometimes we, we, we as Christians take that lightly and go, oh, yeah, of course, you know, like, but those are genuine questions that people are asking. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know what? And we have to, the honest answer is that no one is bad enough not to be saved. No one is bad enough to be disregarded as in, in thrown out. Thrown, no one throws them out. We see in the Bible time and time again, everyone that comes to God is accepted and, and then set a, a task to do. In the same right? breath, in the same breath, we cannot wait until tomorrow because we don't know if tomorrow will come. And it will be too late when Jesus comes. Mm, yeah. right? and that's right. why and that's why every day and that's why it's in this moment you know what have we sleep we know we need eight hours of sleep in a 24-hour period we know we need eight, eight hours to function well right yeah from a spiritual point of view in our makings as a christian how many hours do we put towards being having to attain to to put into work our faith to work to be more like christ because like you say, you know, what you say is true, Joseph. I can drive home from Northern, something can happen. Yeah. You know, in that moment, have I spent time with God? Have I made my life? Am I ready to meet God? Yeah. And I have to believe that I am because I'm spending time with him. That he, he, has, he has fashioned me. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Corinthians that by beholding, we become changed. So the question is, what are we beholding? What image are we beholding? Yes. You know, the sanctification, the man, the gentleman says in cross-examine, it is up and down. Because there's days where we go, hey, man, this is hard. Like, like this is, I can't do this today. But there are days where we're on fire, right? And, and, and then those moments when we're on fire, we keep building. And then we, we, we catch up with each other like this, what we're doing on Zoom, and we catch fire. And the fire burns brighter because we're together. Yeah, and that encourages me, 
you know, to, to continue to burn and to be more like him. So I think it all starts with us coming to him. There's no, you know what? And I would encourage anybody that's listening, watching, don't, you know, don't feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. You know, just, just if you feel impressed to come and seek forgiveness from God for whatever it is, do it, you know, and that's where it begins. That's where, that's where it starts for you. And that's where it starts for me as well. Yeah. I just want to um, add to that as well. You know, I think um, the, the process is, it's all about coming to God to learn from him, to, to acknowledge, to see his character that we may be like him. Yes. He came in when we were desperate and he gave us um, his account. He put his, himself to our account, but he also wants us to spend time with him that we may learn to be like him and to learn what his will is. And you know, in first Thessalonians four, verse three says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that everyone should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. And when you look at that word there, you know, possesses his vessel, the, 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 the New Living Translation says that each of you will control his own body in holiness and honor. And that is where the work comes in. You know, the work part of it is we've got to learn from Christ, how Christ lived. We've got to learn how his power works through us to control, you know, our own body. And we're going to get into the last section, which is the glorification part of it. But Joseph had his hand up there, and I think he's got a burning point he wants to make. Well, I just wanted to answer my own question that I had earlier. Um, oh, does that mean if I can sin and then... Um, God will always forgive me. That's what I know. So I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry now, but I'm going to do it again. And then I'm sorry uh -huh. again, but I'm going to do it again. And then do it again um, because I know that I'm going to be saved. Um, to answer my own question there with a Bible verse, this is Hebrews 10, 26. It says, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. No, of course not. You know, and I used to, I used to shudder when I read that verse um, because I thought, oh man, now that I, I've sinned, I can't find any more forgiveness, you know, but it doesn't say there is no more, no longer forgiveness for sin. It says no more sacrifice because the only sacrifice is Christ. And so we have to come straight back to Christ. We have to, humiliate yourselves you have to humble yourself and you know how painful it is when you've sinned and you you know that you've done this so many times and and you still have to crawl back like you know um like a dog you know <laughs> with your tail between your legs but this is this is the this is the fact of the christian journey you know um where else you know can you find that forgiveness that you need where else can you find that love of, of Christ that loves you so much that even though you mess up so much that he's still willing to forgive you, still willing to, you know, to take you, to take you back. Um, and he knows, he knows that every time that you come near to him, uh, your heart should be broken. You know, when you behold him, as, you know, Pastor Max said, your heart should be broken for that sin, that thing that you've done. And, um, and that's the only way you can find hope it is coming back to him. Um, and if you think, oh man, I've sinned. I'm, I'm so terrible now. I'm so sinful now. I could never go back now. That's what the, that's what the enemy wants, you know? 
And Satan, he cannot find forgiveness because he won't go to God to find that forgiveness. He thinks that he's too far gone for forgiveness. And um, I don't think we can ever be too far gone for forgiveness. Joseph? Uh, I think the secret is you can't trick God mm -hmm. in saying, oh, I'm going to outsmart him. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really genuinely um, plead for forgiveness 99%, but God won't know that 1%. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, but that's, that's why you really like when you when you exaggerated there oh you have to be embarrass yourself with the tail between your legs it's because you genuinely need to uh come to god 100 not 99 you can't trick god that um um oh give me forgiveness because god really knows yeah if you're if you're genuine or not absolutely and um i think that's a beautiful point to get into the next section which is sorry delphi i know you got your hand up but um <laughs> You know, when we, when we look at the whole, you know, process of um, salvation, right, we have to get to a point where we're completely free from sin, you know, God not only removes us from the power of sin, but also from the presence of sin as well. And uh, I think, you know, that we, we can play a game, um, because there's one part in the Bible that says, whatsoever you sow, that's where you're going to reap. You know, we can't, we can't, you know, trick God. You're absolutely right about that. And um, I want to tell a quick little story. Then I'll let you talk, you know, when it comes to the, uh, <laughs> the whole <laughs> glorification part, right? So um, it's Friday evening, you know, as we celebrate the Sabbath on, a, on starting sunset Friday. And, you know, um, mom, mommy's cleaning the house. She's getting everything ready. And little Johnny's outside playing in the mud. And then Johnny comes running inside the front door, tracking mud throughout the house. And um, mommy's, you know, she's obviously got to go and clean it up again. So she goes and she cleans it all up again. Little Johnny comes bursting into the door again, running mud all throughout the house. And um, what does mommy have to do again? What does mommy have to do? Clean. Clean. Okay. So she cleans up again and it's all done. It's almost time for Sabbath. And little Johnny comes bursting into the door again, mud everywhere this time. What does mommy have to do? Clean again. Okay, so she cleans again. Johnny comes running through the house, bursting the mud everywhere. Now, what does she have to do now? It's almost oh, time for Sabbath. Poor, poor lady. She has to what? clean again. No. That means she put Johnny outside the door. You have to, you have to stop Johnny from running mud through the house, you know? Yeah. You have to disable, you have to take those shoes off him, you know? Um, you have to get, get Johnny clean. Get Johnny yeah. clean. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. And I think this is what glorification is about. It's not just about us sinning and repenting, sinning and repenting. How does God get us clean so that we're not constantly tracking mud into the heavenly sanctuary, you know? How does God do that? And this is the process of glorification. When I go to Delphia, she had her hand up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. It was just that um, with what uh, Joseph asked is, you know, can I go and lie and then come and pray? And, you know, it's all going to be good and just do it again and again and again and again. Repentance is the confessing and forsaking of sin, a complete turnaround. <laughs> That isn't a, a okay, I'm going to go and pull over and then continue on the same track. 
or sometimes I don't know if you guys do it but I know like sometimes dad does it where we go around and around and around the roundabout do you guys do that no we don't do that motion sickness <laughs> okay no no one like in the family really suffers from that so sometimes we go around and around the roundabout anyway well, that's not what we're supposed to be like in our Christian experience when it comes to us sinning and repenting is just going around in a circle, going past praying, sinning, praying, sinning, praying, sinning. Okay. That's not what God's intent was. It was that roundabout is meant so you can do a U-turn and go back the other direction, not just continue going around it. So I think that's, that's just one thing that I wanted to add there with what Joseph was saying. I think... Just to um, add to the con- hopefully it's adding to the conversation. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, I don't know who, who wrote this. So if uh, we get sued or we get whatever, you know what, I don't, I'll give credit to you because I don't know who wrote this. I remember reading and he says that our scars do not dictate who we are, but he reminds us where we've been. And I think for us, Satan loves to remind us with our sins and then says, because you sin, you are my child. You, you're this way because of your sin and you, you, you belong to me. But God reminds us, says, hey, look, these guys, they're there, right? But they don't dictate who you become. Yeah. They remind you where you've been. So you've made a mistake. Great, you got a scar. But it doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're a victim of the circumstance. You, you can overcome the being the victim and become an overcomer and that's what god calls us to be an overcomer so when he when he sanctifies us when he glorifies us, he says you've overcome here is the crown that i'm going to give you because you're an overcomer yeah right so 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 we can be we can be we're born sinners we can we can be a bad person growing up we can come from a bad background you know just because we, we're immigrants you know into another country doesn't mean that we all have to work in a factory just like our parents did, right? Or, or that we're all cleaners or we all whatever. Do, do the lowest job, fruit picking, whatever, just because we're immigrants. You know, that's our scar. That, that reminds us who we are, where we've been. It doesn't dictate who we are in the future. So Because God wants us to overcome that. So when we become the child of God, we choose to become a child of God. We are justified. And so now we are a child of God. And because we're a child of God, we are now overcome. We are something else. We can become something else because of him. We're no longer who we are. You know, so scars remind us, but they don't dictate who we become. That is very true. Thank you for that. Um, Delphia had a hand up as well. Yeah, I just wanted to go and add to that, that how Pastor Max was saying about the scars is there's someone else who's going to have scars all throughout eternity, and that's Jesus Christ. Those scars when pointed to his lowest time on his life, in, in his life on earth. Do those scars dictate who he is now? No, because he's returning as our king and our Lord. Those scars were from when he was a servant and when he was, you know, a servant to humanity, he was treated in the worst way possible. But he's going to be treated in the best way. So he is our example in all things. So he went through this stage where it was, you know, the he lived a, like a justified life. He, he was perfect, right? 
but he still went through the different things to show us how our life should be. And then he shows what glorification is. So he went and had the sins of the world placed upon him. So there he is. He stands as the sinner, but this time he can't, he's lived the perfect life. He can't go and get that forgiveness from God though, because his purpose was to go and pay the debt for the rest of us. So that if we decide to get on the bandwagon, we can go and get admission into heaven. However, with what has happened is that now he's gone through that and he's got the scars of what sin has done. But he's then glorified. So he goes through the justification, the sanctification, the glorification, just like we have to. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Jason, you're on mute. Sorry. You're mute. You're much Yeah, we're just going to look at that last part of that conversation, just the glorification part of that video. And then we're going to um, finish off this section because I think glorification can be a difficult one uh, sometimes uh when we when we don't really understand it fully okay let's continue also in other places in the new testament it it lists several sins and it'll be like adulterers fornicators etc etc they do not enter into the kingdom of heaven so um i realize we all sin we all sin daily right um but if a person accepts jesus as their lord and savior but they go back to those ways those sinning ways and they become an active person in that sin um what what if somebody claims to be a christian but then slides back into sin and thinks the sin is okay is that what you're asking uh yeah and they become an active person okay well this is going to sound harsh but this is paul in first corinthians 5 he says expel the immoral brother hand him over to satan so that satan may teach him a lesson that's what he says in first corinthians 5 Then if you read 2 Corinthians, if you're reading between the lines, it seems that the guy that he sent out of the congregation in 1 Corinthians has come to his senses and is now back in the congregation. What was that guy doing? He was sleeping with his father's wife, and he thought it was okay. And Paul says, kick the guy out. Do you realize that everybody is welcome in the the church? The only person not welcome in a church is someone who claims to be a Christian, and denies known sin is sin. That person, Paul says, kick out because a little bit of leaven can get into the entire loaf. And he's kicking the guy out, not only to protect the congregation, but to hopefully bring the guy to his senses. So is that person saved or is it just his own opinion? So is salvation based off of what you think you are because I can't judge whether the person's saved, but I would be very, very concerned about that person. You might also go to first Corinthians, I'm sorry, first John three, which talks about stain and known sin. Okay. It's not where any of us want to be. Do we all sin? Yeah, we all do. But if we're now advocating sin, we might not be saved to begin with. Okay. Make sense. Yes, sir. All Thank right. you. Thank you. All right. So on that point of glorification, um, we realize that God wants to completely save us from sin, not just the 
not just the power of sin, but the presence. And I, I like this verse. I'm going to share this one verse with you. Um, and this is uh, in Romans chapter five, right? He says, um, <clears throat> for, I'm going to read from verse three. And he says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. And this shows us that there's a process that takes place that gets us from justification to the part where we're completely hoping in Christ. And Christ is going to save us completely from the power of sin and also from the presence of sin. We know that he's coming back again and he's looking, he's coming for pure people. He's coming for people who... Um, are ready to meet him and ready to spend time with him. If we don't love his presence, that now it's going to be difficult for us to spend eternity with him. Do you know what I mean? So that glorification is preparing us to spend eternity with him. And I like what he says in the other part. He says here, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. This is talking about justification. For scarcely a righteous man will one die yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die but god committed his love towards us that while we're yet sinners christ died for us and then he says much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath through him and that wrath is that you know um that time when you know he brings out the the, the total judgment and uh, we know that justification is that entering, you know, enter into that covenant relationship with him. And uh, glorification is when that covenant relationship, you know, comes to a close and we are completely saved. So, uh, but I believe, you know, not just because we've entered into a justified relationship that we're going to be completely saved at the beginning. It is a process where we have to continue to trust in him to the very end where he will uh, completely save us. I'm just going to get your final thoughts as we uh, wrap up this section. Joseph, let's start with you. <laughs> okay. Um, before I get into my final thoughts, I just want to put a conclusion on the title of this video. One saved, always saved, part two. Is it one saved, always saved? Simple, simple answer. Any, anyone, everyone? No, that's what we've been discussing. <laughs> just wanted to make it clear. So, yeah. we, so we don't have to come back to this topic. Hmm. Anyone else? No, oh, I think we will. Yeah, I, it's not our, it's, it is definitely not a way safe theology. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, my final thoughts is uh, God's work of justification, sanctification, and glorification work in tandem to bring us from being utterly lost and apart from God to, to spending eternity with him in heaven. So that's my simple one-liner response. Yeah, good. Uh, Delphia? My final thoughts, idea. Um, there was like so much in there, I guess, to take away, you know, three very different sections. Um, I'm sure you've so got I a guess, car driving, uh, you know, sort of 
<laughs> example. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's like, you know, we coming to Christ and asking for forgiveness, justification, going and working on your life to go and become more and more like Christ so that you can one day be perfect, which is the ultimate goal, sanctification, glorification when we're in heaven with Christ, which is like, then we know that everything is complete. So I think that's, you know, just broken down simply is, you know, they're basically the three things where I'm in the state that I'm just as if I've never sinned. I'm working on being all the time as if I've never sinned and then glorified, I am no longer sinning. Um, definitely. And I just want to add there as well. Yeah. You know, it is it is Christ that does this work in us. It's first him that actually does the work of the sacrifice that he paid all for us. And uh, weaving that that um, character, you know, and um, one of my favorite authors said it's a it's a it's a robe of righteousness without one thread of human devising. And um, that mm. part is justification is the work that he does. And also the um, yeah. sanctification is the work that he does through us, in us and through us. And glorification is the work that he does for us. So, you know, it is him working, but we're working and cooperating with him through that. Sorry, Pastor um, Max. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think for me is we come to Jesus. And then as we come to Jesus, Jesus says, go for Jesus you know, in sharing that God gospel but home with jesus you know and then those three things you know go to jesus go for jesus and home with jesus you know to me that summarizes that justification and glorification because we come to him and then he tells us to go for him and then we home with him um, in our glory glorified state because of him what he's done so, yeah that's what how i put it for me simply um I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like that. And particularly the sanctification part, you know, go for Jesus. It is set aside for holy use, you know. Um, we think sometimes sanctification is all about making me perfect, but it's actually making me available to be used by God, you know. And when we're available to be used by God, when we are an open, empty vessel, then we are holy, you know, um, um, because we have been filled by God, filled by his, his power, filled by his spirit. And then we are useful in that we can go for him to try and reach others for him as well. And so, um, yeah, thank you so much for jumping on this uh, episode. Really, really um, enjoyed it. You know, uh, there's so many deep points that we touched on. I uh, was hoping we could go into a bit more Bible study, but we just love talking about these things, you know, and I, I hope that our listeners uh, enjoy this as well. We invite you as always to leave us a comment in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube, watching this video. Also, if you're uh, listening on one of the many um, podcast um, platforms that we we are on, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Anchor or, you know, Pocket Cast, um, jump over to our Facebook page. Give us a like. We're Avon Valley uh, SDA Church. Um, we have all of our links in the description below. 
So socialize with us. Leave, it a, leave us a comment on our Instagram page. Leave us a comment on our Facebook page. Leave us a comment on uh, the YouTube page and so we can get back to you. And um, Thank you for those people who have been commenting. We've looked at those and they've really helped us to strengthen our study as well and to deepen our faith. So thank you very much. And a big thank you to Joseph as well and Delphia, our regular. Um, Thanks, go- Jason. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we can go to them all the time. And, and thank you again, Pastor Max, for uh, coming on uh, for this very special uh, episode. Uh, wish you all the best for the rest of the week and have a good night. All right. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.